1: of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington football team for the Athletic, which means on Sunday, I was at FedEx Field to watch uh, the Washington football team fall to the Kansas City Chiefs 31-13, 13-10 lead at halftime. Some hope, still a lot of trepidation, and that trepidation proved accurate as Patrick Mahomes Woke up from sort of a sleepy first half, a mistake-prone first half by the Chiefs, and did what he did, what you'd expect. The Chiefs outscored Washington 21-0 in the second half to fall to 2-4. I'm going to have a couple quick thoughts on that in a moment. and Also, uh, I had a fun conversation with a first-time guest talking about the game, all things uh, Sean Taylor as, as part of today's ceremony. Um controversial ceremony, an emotional ceremony, a lot to discuss there. And we talk about her role in the TV show Succession. Yes, one person's gonna do all these things. That person is Charla McBride from WUSA sports anchor. Uh Charla uh was kind enough to talk to me while she was driving home. We were gonna try to talk at the game. This time it just didn't work out, but I wanted to have her on Succession Starts tonight. And she was actually uh, out on the field for some of the Sean Taylor, um, for for some of the Sean Taylor ceremony. So we're going to get into that and the game in just a few moments here on the Standing Room Only podcast, which of course you can find on iTunes or Spotify or listen to on the Athletic app. If you want to subscribe to the Athletic, easy way to do it, go to theathletic.com forward slash standing my last name. And you can get 50% off the subscription rate. I think it's the annual rate. Um, That's still going on. Uh, I think it's only a couple more days. Um, That way you can get the podcast ad-free. Something to consider. I hope you consider it. Also, I have a new article up on The Athletic after this game. Um, Let's get to the game really quick before I bring Charlotte into the the conversation. I mean, broad strokes, you know, this is a continuation of where Washington is is right now, even if some things go well. And in the first half, look, I think the defensive effort was clearly a much better version. They went and we talked about this last week. They went to what seemed like to be the obvious plan. Only rush four defensive linemen, because this is what teams are doing against Patrick Mahomes. Rush four defensive linemen two deep safety to keep the plays in front of you. And then, um, you know, make the plays. And they did that for the most part in the first half, right? Um, only rush four, but the pass rushers got there for the most part. Uh not necessarily tons of sacks, but they had three. But the group the, the group got pressure on on Mahomes uh and kept them contained for the most part in the pocket. And then in the secondary, a group that has had all tons and tons of breakdowns, there were a bunch of plays where there really didn't look to be anybody open from my seat in the end zone. Um, at this moment, I'm talking to you. I've watched about the first half. Uh, I've gone back and watched the first half of the replay. So I don't have a full, full scope there. And obviously things got worse after, after halftime. And then that's where things yeah, did fall apart. Patrick Mahomes really just started to look like the MVP version of himself in the in second half, particularly with the crazy throws from the crazy angles um, and, in and, and all that. But, you know Washington. You know shot itself in the foot. I guess you could say um, there was one sequence. The, uh, there's a Kansas City first first possession of the second half, punt. Washington's still leading at this point. Second possession. It's third and ten. Patrick Mahomes throws an throws a uh, incompletion. But Montez Sweat lines up in the neutral zone. Okay, play over. You get the five yards. Next play, Chase Young offsides. Now it didn't matter because Mahomes completed the pass on the play, I believe, to Tyreek Hill for a, enough plenty for a first down. But it would have been an automatic first down for Chase Young. And Ron Rivera talked about how there were just too many missed opportunities in this game. And even though, like I said, they got the first down on the the, the third down play anyway, these undisciplined things are the or is kind of what Ron Rivera's. Talking about, and frankly, even when he talks about with maturity, when asked about his play after the game, uh, Chase Young said that he was that I'm hunting. Things happen. That doesn't seem to be the the answer you want to hear. Okay, even if you want to say some of that, at some point though, you would add, "Hey, didn't work out though. It was a mistake on my part. I got to do better," or whatever you want to whatever you want to say, because giving Mahomes any more opportunities than needed is problematic. And two plays after that, the completion of Tyreek Hill, Hill caught a touchdown pass in the end zone, and it was kind of off to the races from there. This was a reasonable defensive effort. They also gave up 499 yards of offense uh, and and 31 points. The offense, you know, again, t- t- Taylor Heineke, you know, he, respect the gutsy play, but this is another game in which he has started to look like the guy that people questioned, uh, when he was out of the league, or at least what question when you talk about whether he's a starter or not only 50 yards passing in the second half, his legs were not nearly the factor that you would think they would be. And that's something that I think they're going to have to discuss moving forward. Washington is also missing a bunch of pieces. Um, one note there, Antonio Gibson, this shin injury, that's been a problem. He went down for one point in the game. Looked like it was not, maybe not serious, but looked like he was in some pain did come back, but 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 it was a lot more J.D. McKissick in the second half. And Ron Rivera said that he thought Gibson was quote struggling, uh, end quote, um, a bit with the injury. So we'll see what what's going on there. Of course, already know Curtis Samuel. Already know at least for this week. Already know Logan Logan Thomas on IR. Sam Cosme, Brandon Sure for both out this week as well. And let's not forget Ryan Fitzpatrick, not not there that's a lot of guys missing. Plus Terry McLaurin was had a hamstring injury late in the week. So there is a, a ton of, of missing pieces on offense. And that's already a challenge. That's a challenge for any team, but especially when you've got a guy like Taylor Heineke out there, you, know, you don't, don't give him the opportunity to play with a a, a full, a full group. And look, you know, that's how it's going to go in the NFL. But right now that is causing some issues for Washington, I think to say the least. So, They've got a lot to figure out here quickly. Green Bay on deck. I'll be in Green Bay for the week seven game against you know Aaron Rodgers, who's back to his MVP form for sure of late. And uh, Washington is going to have to figure out some things quick. They're now two and four. There's a Green Bay game. They absolutely, I think I saw they're a 10-point underdog already. And then it's at Denver and then Tampa Bay home after a bye week. Those three teams, the next on the schedule, I believe are combined – uh, 15, no, 13 and five, uh, even with Denver at three and three. So getting wins out of there is going to be tough for Washington. And they're already, like I said, two and four, you lose two out of three or all three and things start to get, look pretty ugly. So they've got to figure out some things quick. If we want to even talk about playoffs or contending, but I would basically say at this point, Washington has kind of showed, uh, you know, who they are, it, I'm not saying they're the worst team in the league by any stretch, but they barely beat two teams that are towards the bottom of the league. And they didn't have much of a chance against four of the better teams. The, of their four losses, all probably to playoff teams, right, or playoff contenders, if and maybe a little bit more in the case of Buffalo and Kansas City. And yet, I, you know, I mean, they, they, lost the, they lost the last three of those games by double digits. And I think we all think, or at least I certainly do, that the opener against the Chargers was much the the gap was a lot wider between the two teams than the four-point result indicated. Um anyway, all that said, uh Washington is at Green Bay on Sunday more to come here on the podcast this week uh about this game, where this team is and so on and uh also of course on the Athletic I'll have takeaways at uh, this week uh and then uh, some more interesting things hopefully for you guys as well. But that said, I want to get Sharla in here. We're going to talk about this game, uh, the the emotional day component with regards to the Sean Taylor ceremony. We talked about the controversy, about what happened here. How did the PR, how, how did the organization seemingly botch this uh, execution in terms of getting this ceremony announced publicly in a timely manner for a guy who is such a beloved figure by, for fans? And what else happened with, with that Plus, again, as I mentioned, Sharla is in the TV show Succession. So we had a fun chat about that as well. Let's get to all that here on the Standard Groom Only Podcast.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right.
1: All right, as promised, joining me here on the podcast, a first-time guest. She was at today's Washington-Kansas City game with me. She was on the field, uh, at least for part of the Sean Sean Taylor uh, number retirement uh, day uh, ceremony, and uh, she also, very importantly, is in the television show Succession. She's in apparently in the credits there's a lot going on here. We have to discuss. So I'm super glad that we're able to do this while she's in, while in her car driving Charlotte McBride. First off, I appreciate you doing this. We'll get to succession, but like, how are you? It's just a couple hours after you left the stadium. How, how are things in, in your world now that you've, uh, in, endured a lot here today?
2: Things are going good. Things are, things are great. Today was a good day. I mean, you were there too. um, It was a good day in the sense, like, first off, it was great weather, right? I always look at that. Because if it's pouring down rain and if it's just, like, miserable, miserable out, we're all going to get in kind of a mood. But it was – the sun was shining. Fans were filling into the stadium. Sean Taylor jerseys everywhere. Sean Taylor towels everywhere. It was really special. Like, you could feel that when you walked into the stadium today.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's funny, um, you know – When you get off the field, so because of the COVID situation previously, pre-COVID, all of us, you know, both print and TV were allowed down on the field. When you're down on the field, you're there for a lot of the pregame activities, and we would have been there for some of the Sean Taylor events and so on. But, like, under the current rules, the cool TV people get to be down there, the, uh, you know, sort of second tier... The second-tier print media, not so much. They they got to keep us all keep us separate. So I wasn't down there for that. And then when you're in the press box, the windows are like this really thick glass. It's really hard to hear. Like even during the game, yeah. even if there was a sellout crowd, it's really hard to hear. So I was kind of the from an atmosphere perspective, it's really hard to to gauge kind of what's going on there. So we'll, okay, we'll yeah. so we'll get to the game parts that. But from that perspective, like what was it like inside the stadium, and particularly for you know, as things were happening both pregame and with the Sean Taylor situation and all that?
2: Well, you know, a lot of fans came in early, um, you know, to kind of get down as close to the field as they could. Um, A lot of fans with Sean Taylor jerseys, you know, kind of breaking out those special jerseys today. Um, Speaking with one fan that got there a few hours early and was right there in the front row, him and his son drove from Tampa, Florida just to see – this game, they are also big Taylor Heineke fans. They had Taylor Heineke jerseys as well, which Taylor came over and signed for them. Um, but you had a lot of people that, you know, were really excited to be part of this. And it was, it was really nice to see the atmosphere before the game. You also had Sean Taylor's family was there. His teenage daughter, Jackie, who was 18 months old when he was murdered. And her mother and um Sean Taylor's father and Sean Taylor's brother which they all look alike too you know right when they walk out you can tell wow this is this this is Sean Taylor's family um and i think at the beginning i saw Jackie his daughter kind of soaking it all in and I, honestly the coolest moment i saw today Landon Collins who has been very outspoken about his fandom for Sean Taylor you know he said that he picked 21 Um, initially when he started playing because of Sean Taylor. And he made a point of coming right over to Jackie on the sidelines and talking to her, and I could hear him telling her how much he loved her father. And she absolutely was soaking in that conversation, you know, because she was so little. And, um, you know, she relishes, I could tell, listening to those stories. And then Landon insisted they get a picture together. And it was just really cool to see, um, you know, someone – treat Jackie like that and with such respect. Um, but then it, things got very emotional, you know. I, I think she was taking it all in, and I, I could see her standing there on the sidelines and looking up at all the crowds and seeing all the people with the towels and her father's jersey on. And she, seemed, you know, okay, kind of soaking it all in. Well, the second they played this video tribute board about 15 minutes before kickoff, um, and she was standing there watching it with her mother, and um, she, she broke down. And, you know, I think that is so hard to watch, this young teenage girl. It's, it's emotional. You know, you're seeing someone in an organization pay such tribute to your father, but you didn't get a chance to know him. And it was really tough for her. She, she really started to break down, and so did her mother, understandably. Um, but in all, you can tell they are so grateful for what happened today, and um, they are so grateful that, you know, their father, her father was remembered in
1: this way. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be wild. Like, you know, obviously we can get into maybe how this whole thing came about and all that. And obviously we, all, everybody only found out about this just a few days ago. But, you know, and because of the way it, the announcement came down, it was very chaotic and we're all quite not sure what happened. For me, the focus has been a lot on, wait, what happened here as opposed to, unfortunately, focusing on, wow, how, how, how great this is for the family and for the for the child, that that she I mean obviously never got to know her dad and to hear how old she is now it's like wow she was just a baby when when he when he was uh, killed right. um, for her like I, obviously I'm sure she's heard all the stories she's seen the videos I'm sure she's probably talked to some people maybe she's even been to an event or two in, in his remembrance but to right. be at this you know fifty thousand people. All the Taylor jerseys, everybody there for this. I mean, you know, the, his number is on the uh, is in, is on the sideline, all that. That there was a, there was a, de- a, a dedication ceremony pregame because they named one of the streets outside the st- stadium after him. That's got to be just overwhelming to 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 I think to that's deal it, with that. Yeah. it, Yeah, I think
2: that's it. It, it. All of this stuff. Um, they had an alumni event last night. Then, as you said, then she goes to the the stadium and she sees his like, jersey number on the grass, and then, you know, she's seeing all these fans and seeing everything that is, you know, Sean Taylor all around her, and then you see the video, and you hear the music, and, you know, I think that's when it all kind of, it hit her, and like you said, it's overwhelming. I mean, she's a young teenage girl, and it's definitely overwhelming, you know, and that was, it was, I mean, it was pretty heartbreaking to see her breakdown because you could just see the raw emotion from this family that, you know, while this happened back in 2007, this is still very real and something they deal with every single day. And you mentioned the, um, the whole, the the hoopla kind of surrounding this and, you know, the negative aspects of it earlier this week and the fans being upset and all of that. But we forget, you know, this is about one man who meant a lot to this fan base, but meant even more to his family and, I know
1: that his family was extremely grateful today. Uh, yeah, no, for, uh, for 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 sure. Um, I, I take it you did not have a chance to talk to them though directly, either. Maybe you did as a side thing, as a person to person, but not on camera because it seemed like they were pretty limiting with w- allowing this Taylor family to talk. But you were right. on the field; I wasn't. So I just want to check.
2: Right, right, right. um, No, actually, they had a spokesperson with them, and they just put out a statement. And um, the person that was with them today with Washington um, came over to those of us uh, TV people, as you say, um, and just said that they declined to speak today. They were just kind of going to keep to themselves today. I think they were also fearful of getting too emotional. It's a a lot to talk about that. So they um, did not want to speak while they were down there on the field. But, like I said, it was so nice to see them have conversations with other people you know um just like the landon collins conversation you know that um i think that stuff is really really
1: special for them um absolutely i mean look i'm 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 happy for the taylor family i hope it was a great day for them for that for them their friends their family as, as alumni weekend again we weren't exactly most of us were not allowed to be around the alumni so i'm not exactly sure who was there i think i saw uh J.P. Finley put out a picture with Sonny Jurgensen. I'm sure there was lots of other people. Yes,
2: I saw him there, yes. Y- yeah, yes.
1: He's yeah. 87
2: years young, right? 87 years young. And, yeah, he took his seat right on the bench next to Tress Way. Um, and, of course, had his cigar in his mouth, as he often does. And he was just <laughs> living the life. He was soaking it all in. Um, so, yeah, no one was going to tell him, don't have a cigar. No one was going to tell him, get off the bench. Like, he can do whatever he wants. So yeah, <laughs> um, I did see him down there, um, which
1: was fun. Yeah, no, he he's alive legend. It was good to see him because I know he was not he had not been in great health. I mean, again, I only saw the picture, but it was good to see him. I'm glad to see he still looks look, looks good, and uh, you know that that he was able to make it out there for 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 this day. Um, I want to get to the game in a sec, but I do. I feel at some point in this podcast I need to discuss this. So since we're talking about it, and you feel free to answer this however you want. But obviously, a big controversy over these last few days has been. Wait at a minimum, how are you only giving fans three days notice to come and honor Sean Taylor? I think the 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 the, uh, uh, po- the announcement for the attendance was around fifty-one thousand. Let's just even say that's an accurate number. It may look to me like the club level and the upper deck were fairly empty, or you know, certainly right. certainly not deep. Uh, the, 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 you know, that, there's still a lot of people that could have been there. There was only ten thousand rally towels, that also suggests either again a complete miscalculation of, of a feel for this moment or you know uh, was this thing done late and i and like for me the fact that there weren't we were not allowed to talk to the taylor family suggests right, keeping right. them apart that's that's very odd this is a moment you should want to celebrate them by the way like i would imagine if they had told us even a week in advance and maybe you were able to do something at the last second i don't know but like you know i would imagine you and Darren are able to put together a video package of Sean Taylor's history and career. You probably already have something on file, I would guess, because we've gone through this and and people like me would have been able to write stuff. So the more this has gone on, the more I believe that there is something kind of weird here that this this probably was more thrown together at the last second and all that. Uh, Again, you feel free to weigh in as you want or not, but to me it all to me today only unfortunately made it all feel even weirder because of the fact that the family is right there and they're not allowing Oh, by the, I should mention, I, I was told there were two interviews granted, one with the team and one with a team partner. So take that for, for what oh. it's worth.
2: Yeah, it, it was odd. And, I mean, they're right there on the sideline. And, you know, obviously knowing us, you know, we would, if granted an interview, we would only show the utmost respect and we would tread lightly, and you know, because we're not here to make anyone feel uncomfortable or anything. And, you know, we just want to talk about Sean Taylor and, yeah, it, 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 the interviews should have been granted. It was odd that they were very, you know, insistent on no. And now, again, that might have been, first of all, Jackie's a young teenage girl, and, you know, maybe her, her mom was very emotional, and so maybe they just knew going into it they would be too emotional. So they had maybe asked the Washington football team, like, please keep us away from media. And that's fine. If that You know, that's their choice completely. Um, so, yes, yeah, as far as the announcement, you know, obviously, you know, it happened on Thursday, right? So what that's three, that's three days out, you know. And, yeah, that has said a lot in the middle of this week where we're also hearing about the fallout from the John Gruden to former GM Bruce Allen. And, you know, a lot of people saying, of course, that we've seen on social media, was this just a discussion? <laughs> One statement that we've seen and I want to believe the football team statement and that they did have something planned. I do not understand though, because whenever they have had something planned, whatever it may be, we usually hear about it months in advance. And so, yes, this is very odd that even if they did have a plan, why sit on it? Why not let people know back in August, hey, alumni weekend in October, this is when we're retiring Sean Taylor's jersey. Let people go out and buy a jersey and then buy a ticket and come to the game. You know, like, let let people do that. Let people set up big tailgates for it. Let people, you know, kind of celebrate his legacy and and look forward to this event. Instead, you're giving them three days' notice. You know, what if there's a Washington football team – fan who lives in the middle of Idaho, but is a diehard fan and would love to get here. But you know what? They can't get a plane ticket last minute because it's $500. Like, I think about those people. I think about the the fans that really want, wanted to take part in this, and three days notice for such a big, big moment, it, yes. It was wrong. And, I mean, as we know, you and I were at practice all week, and, you know, Ron Rivera apologized on behalf of the team. You know, it wasn't his apology to give at all. He did not have to do that. But, you know, he addressed it, and he, he admitted, hey, we screwed up, We as an organization. Jason Wright admitted that too. Um, I think they quickly realized within 12 hours of, you know, sending out this, hey, guess what, Sean Taylor Retirement jersey Day. They quickly realized, oh, my gosh, people aren't excited. They're upset. The timing not ideal um so hopefully as i don't know as my mother would say hopefully they learned something from that. <laughs> i don't know well, and next time around it's a little better
1: yeah we'll see i mean they definitely i get the impression that i don't know they have a lot of new faces in there and they didn't realize they didn't i think they recognize they didn't view this differently than some of the other. You know, every week there's some event, and I'm not discounting any of these charitable events, which they primarily are or whatever they may be, but from an emotional context, these things are way different, and I don't think they understood that at all. Again, that's the charitable view. If they really did tack on the retirement number ceremony, they were already doing something, it seems like, but if they tacked on the retirement jersey because of everything that's going on, you mentioned the Gruden emails and everything else, I mean, that's obviously shameful. I don't know that to be true, so therefore I'm not going to say that definitively definitely happened. But, again, keeping right. the family away from us. And you're right. I would be absolutely respectful. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're incredibly emotional for them. They they have nothing to do with any of this. And I doubt any of us would have definitively gone in and said, hey, by the way, could you tell us, you know, what happened here? But regardless, they kept us away. We'll never know what 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 any of us would have said anyway i'm I'm happy right. for the Taylors that that went down i'm happy for the fans that got the got the opportunity to experience it unfortunately for those fans they probably were there rooting for the washington football team and the second half of that game went decidedly oh, against God. against them <laughs> like in the first half it was like okay patrick mahomes is way off he threw two picks right. one of them was a harry high school uh jump ball pass to nowhere that was insane yeah. Yeah, really bad, and and they look listless. Um, and Washington had a thirteen to ten halftime lead. I thought their defense did play better. The the, in the, the coverage the, there weren't a lot of guys open relative to what we're used to seeing so far from this team. Um, at the same time, you know you can't settle for field goals against that team. They they, they settled for two in the first half. Let, Hopkins at least made them. He he missed one in the second half, and then yeah. once once the second half got going after a first flawed possession, Kansas City started to roll, and to me, ultimately, it just reminded me that, you know what, we we can keep kind of wondering where this team, where Washington ranks, but there is, the only two teams they've beaten are teams at the bottom of the league, and the four teams they've lost to are playoff contenders, which is where people thought Washington was. And so at the end of the day, six games into the season, I think it's pretty clear, make any excuse anybody wants, they're not there's a big gap between them and people who are good. And I'm not saying they can't get better, but that's where it is right now. And it needs to be acknowledged as opposed to people just saying, eh, you know, they're figuring it out. It's no, it's there. There's a gap right. between them and the, and the I actual think we're good kind of teams.
0: Sick of,
2: yeah, we're kind of sick of hearing the uh, we're figuring it out. Soundbite. Like you're you're six weeks in, as you said, you know, we understand, you know, week two, week three you know they're trying to figure out the details as they've often said they're trying to find consistency you know each man needs to do his job like now as you said we're six weeks in you know what's what's going on miscommunication still a factor and like you said are they're not up to par with these teams that i mean yes they won the division last year but we're looking at this team right now going oh my goodness how do you play one way one half and completely different the next half and also in the first half yes, they were able to produce scoring drives, but as you said, they're field goals. And against the Chiefs, you can't be kicking field goals, or missing field goals for that matter, but you need, you need touchdowns. When you're there, right there in the red zone, you need touchdowns, and and those weren't happening, except for the one, Taylor Heineke to Ricky Phil Jones. That was great. That was, that was a great play. That was a great touchdown. Great to see Ricky Phil Jones coming in and doing something. Um, but, yeah, it's just... Yeah. I also wonder now... I, my first thought, watching the first half, I'm sure you were thinking the same thing. Like, wow, okay, defense is finally clicking. Defense is stepping it up. They're making it difficult for Patrick Mahomes. Or, was it that Pat Mahomes was just off and then found his real self in the second half?
1: Yeah, and, and I think we got the answer to that one pretty pretty definitively yeah. uh, there. You know, I, I like, even if you wanted to say as a net scenario, like, okay, look, the Chiefs have obviously one of the best offenses in modern NFL right. history, and yes, they've been a little bit off this year. They're still scoring over 30 points a game, so it's not like they've been, uh, you know, uh, their, their real issue is on defense more than it is offense, but okay, the offense hasn't been yeah. as extraordinary as it's been, and even if you want to say that Washington... But if you
2: look at it... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, if you look at you're talking about their offense, I mean, yeah, they're, going into this game, they're averaging 30 points a game and 420 yards of offense, right? This game, I think they got just shy of 500 yards to offense, 499, And what'd they get? 31 points. So yeah, that's still a high powered offense. Patrick Mahomes had a little bit of an off day for a half, but look at what they're able to do. Meanwhile, look at Washington's offense for that entire second half. Nothing.
1: Yeah. I, I think, I think Taylor Heineke threw for 50 yards, um, in the second half, um, uh, in that game. But like, but, it's, but, but to your point, and this is the, this is where I was exactly going. Um, you know, last – so much of why people thought that Washington's defense was was ready to be a top 10 – you know, was definitively a top 10 defense and maybe even more than that was the fact that a lot of the statistics last year backed them up. And, you know, there's this debate that they, they held – they gave Tampa Bay its best game in the playoffs last year. And that yeah. last part, whatever. Tampa Bay also scored 31 points. And Tampa Bay had a little over 500 yards. And my take was, (laughs) if you're supposed to be this great defense, you can't give up 500 yards to anybody, right? Now, obviously, obviously this year they're not playing anywhere close to the level they were even a year ago. But you gave up 499 yards. Again, I get it. Mahomes is great. They also turned the ball over three times. Kansas City did. Um, You know, they were not clicking. That they're without their starting uh, running back. Uh Uh, like, you know, and, and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey were both on the injury report that l- list past week. Obviously, they both looked fine. So, you know, not yeah. too much there. But, like, yeah, the, the defense, while showing signs of improvement, gave up 500 yards of offense. Right. Um, and, and, and had no answer. I mean, Kansas City dro- basically, uh, on the last drive, they took over with just under 11 minutes to go. And they went all the way. They went 90-something yards down the field and chewed up yeah. the, like, another eight minutes. So there was 90.
2: Like 90- right they chewed
1: up the entire fourth quarter all yeah yeah now to flip it to the offense I believe you are a Georgia person like so Georgia is like I like, am a
2: proud Georgia alumni yeah
1: yeah so you've got Georgia bl- blood coursing through you so I don't know where you are on the Taylor Heineke experience I mean I know you're an objective reporter but you know I can imagine you might be having a little rooting interest for the guy from, from that part of the world um, the This is a second game in a row and third game this year where he has not looked um, like a guy who's a starting quarterback. Now the, uh, the games against Buffalo and new Orleans, those were against defenses that ranked very high in the league. Kansas city is one of the few defenses ranked below Washington. And yet Heineke, you know, threw for less than 200 yards, only got 50 in the second half. He really was hemmed in by Kansas city's defense. Um, so he couldn't, He didn't. He really was not a factor with his legs. Washington didn't score a point in the second half. Right. I can't even blame Heineke that much in the sense that no Curtis Samuel, no Brandon Scherf, no Sam Cosme, no Logan Thomas. And then uh, Antonio Gibson, this shin injury, pops up again. He gets hurt in the game.
2: Yeah. And
1: and, really, I and remember, don't know about McLaurin.
2: Like, with McLaurin 100% healthy out there? We know he was dealing with, what was it, a hamstring injury this week? So I don't know. And Yeah, you're right. Like, you have... So many injuries on the offense. Now, again, everyone has injuries. You know, not making excuses, but they seem to be having a lot right now. And so, yeah, you don't know. You don't know with. Oh, ah, you said, am I like a, a Taylor Heineke fan? I'm. I'm rooting for Taylor to <laughs> succeed. I want him to succeed. I want him to do well. I love his overall attitude and his demeanor and his take on the game and. I, you know, talking to other players this week. Um, I was talking with Cole Holcomb after practice, and I asked him, "What is it about Taylor that you love most?" And he said, "Cause he's one of the guys. He doesn't act like this hotshot league QB. It's almost like untouchable. Like he comes into practice and leaves. That's not Taylor. He's like, I could like play video games with him and hang out on the couch, and he's like, and that makes us all friends." And he's like, and we want to play for a guy like that because in in Cole Holcomb Echo, we've all known, you know, no one gave Taylor a chance. You know, he was the guy that, you know, kind of scrapped his way into the NFL. And then here he is. And, you know, he's got that grit, as we've heard many guys say. And they love that about him. They love it. He really, really tries to make plays and do whatever he can to win. It's just when you're looking at, like, today, the plays just aren't happening. It's just not happening. And as he said, he said after the game himself, "We're just not executing. We have a game plan, but clearly the second half, nothing happened
1: on that game plan." Yeah, and, and like I said, I look Taylor Heineke has exceeded all expectations that anybody would have realistically had right. when he showed up back on the scene last year, and even for this year, you know, he's been the, the, their, their two wins do not happen if he doesn't make big plays right. down down right. the stretch. And you know, he he did find relief against the Chargers, against the Saints. And, but, like, you know, it is they, they also settled for field goals against the Saints, but it is was it Anyway, it's not a knock on Taylor Heineke per se, but the limitations are showing. And, interestingly enough, right. post-game I noticed on Twitter, both Kyle Allen and Ryan Fitzpatrick were were trending. So, whatever people were discussing, there was also a little bit going on here about the quarterback situation. Uh, and, and we'll yeah. see. Well, It'll be interesting to see, does anything change? We don't know when Ryan Fitzpatrick is back. Ron Rivera told us the other day there's an MRI coming. But you know, I think the projection time was sometime around the bye week. So you still have two more games at Green Bay, at Denver, bye week, then Tampa. So we'll see if Fitzpatrick is back in the next few weeks, and if they just keep staying with Heineke um, or, or 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 not. Um, and, and, uh, we uh, we can we can go to the the final segment unless you have any other uh, game takes that you need to uh, g- reveal to the people. Oh, game
2: takes. You know what I want to say because a lot of A lot of people um, don't get to see the post game interviews like we do. Um, I know there's streams sometimes and people can, you know, find them on the, I think, Washington's YouTube, but totally off topic. But I just got to say this. How much do you love listening to Terry McLaurin after a game, win or loss? I mean, Terry McLaurin for president. This guy can give you a soundbite if you need a soundbite. You could ask him anything. Today it was game. What do you think? He comes up with. Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Hats. It's like, fantastic. The guy is poetic. He's great to listen to. I can honestly say, if it was the worst game on the planet, I'm still going to look forward to hearing what Terry McLaurin has to say after any game, right? I mean, he's just even in practice. Like this guy is just fantastic to talk to, and he always treats us with the utmost kindness. Yeah, that's it. That's my like little McLaurin shout out. Thanks for making our day.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean. um, Every year, there's a uh, the the media, the local media gives out a good guy award, basically somebody who's cooperative with the media, whatever. And uh, right. I believe Terry McLaurin was the runaway winner last year. Not last year was weird because it was so. it was all Zoom, but it's largely to your point. There's other guys who definitely come out and they talk, and it's all fine. Look, everybody can only do what they do, but he's giving us detailed, thoughtful answers on right. all kinds of different topics, both about his own game, the team. Broad topics outside of that, all that, and yeah, he's very interesting. He's very mature for his age. Way he's way more mature at his age than I am now, let alone you know right. anything else. So,
2: so, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. We're we're very glad that Taylor that, that 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 Terry is there for us. Just like I'm sure his quarterback is very happy. He's there for him on the field. But yeah, today was right. not on the right. field was not a Terry McLaurin like performance. But post game press conference, he delivered. Um, a, 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 again, um, I, I, I mentioned we're going to, I'm going to ask you about succession, but I forgot typically when I have guests on for the first time, I ask a couple get to know you questions. I'm definitely springing this on you, but nothing you can't, oh, okay. can't handle. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready for this?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm all ready.
1: right. All right. Let's go here. All right. Uh, Twitter, Twitter is a very important thing to all of us. Who Who is somebody yeah. on Twitter that does not follow you that you wish did?
2: Oh my gosh. Oh wow! Okay.
1: Um, While Charla oh, ponders I know. that, I'm
2: trying
1: to think. You yeah, think? Okay. I'll t- tell everybody. Sharla Sh- is at Charla McBride on Twitter. So if you don't currently follow her, maybe you're that person. Oh, she doesn't right. want to call you out. Now go <laughs> follow her on Twitter, and then she, we won't have this problem anymore. But uh, I'm gonna guess oh, it might gosh. be somebody in you a know more what? famous I don't realm.
2: Know. I'm literally know. Like, I'm. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm having a brain fart. I'm trying to think of like. Oh, why didn't this person follow me? Um man.
1: What?
2: Well, I, I don't man. Everyone, I don't know. Like go to the next one. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna think. All right, one. you go keep you
1: keep pondering that one. one. I'm thinking. I'm um, thinking. Um who who is uh your all time favorite athlete? Oh,
2: okay. All time favorite in any sport, right? whatever, like,
1: whatever you got.
2: <sighs> okay, let's see. I'm going to, oh, this is tough. You know what? I'm going to say Emmett Smith. I grew up uh, in Texas and uh, grew up uh, with a family full of Cowboys fans. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we just looked up to Emmett Smith, like, as kids. Um, and in the 90s, watching Dallas do their thing. Um and I have a fun story really quick about Evan Smith. So, you know, always just my brother, my little brother, just had posters on the wall of him, you know, just Evan Smith, Evan Smith. So then fast forward to me in my career. My first job is in Abilene, Texas, and on Sundays um, would drive into Dallas and cover um, the Cowboys game. So here I am um, it's the last game of the season, and as you know, we're up in the press box, which is usually at the top of the stadium, and you just take an elevator and, and go down um, to get interviews on the field or in the locker room after the game. So um, they tell all the media, okay, get out of your seats. You know, it's four minutes left in the game. Calm down. And I'm like, okay. So everyone kind of goes to the elevators, and they get all full, and i just like, oh, I'll take the next one. Like, I'm not in that big of a hurry. I'll take the next one. So I was the only one, and I was like, "Oh, it's fine." So I get in the elevator, and then the lady says that we have to take a stop at the next the next level. I'm like, "That's fine." And in comes Emmett Smith, and I was 23 years old, and it was my first reporting job. And just even sharing like this, because I don't get it. I mean, you and I, when we've done this for a long time, we're not really fans anymore, you know? Um, so. At that moment, though, that was kind of the only time I remember in my life or in my adult career kind of getting a little bit of, like, a fangirl, you know? Like, okay, this guy who, like, my dad loves, my brother loves, like, this is great, you know? So, yeah, that's I think definitely the one that just more of because my family just, like, loved them.
1: I appreciate that. I totally get it. You're from Texas. Now I want to know if somebody had just followed you because I said that, Now unfollowed you because they're a football, a Washington fan, and you. you Don't worry, I'm no
2: longer. Don't worry, it's Cowboys fandom went away. Like it's okay. I've been on the East Coast for a very long time. My last job, I covered the Eagles and Giants. Um, so I've pretty much just worked my way through the NFC East.
1: Amazing. Um, All right, good story, especially the the random elevator meeting. That that's that's wildly impressive. Super
2: nice too. Super nice. So there we go.
1: All right. right. Based on a hobby or a habit, what's a Hall of Fame that you would qualify for?
2: Oh, God. A hobby or a habit. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. I I know. I know what it is. I can binge watch a Netflix show faster than anyone on the planet. Like, I will not sleep until I finish it. So that's it. I could just like don't even take bathroom break like just go wow
1: that that I know. that that is both impressive and scary at the same time did you watch squid <laughs> did you watch squid game
2: okay so this is the, this see and i have to be into it i watched two episodes and i i'm kind of i'm not feeling it i don't i'm not totally into it and i you know what i'm also like, watching it with the English, like, speaking. And I've been told that I need to turn off the sound and, like, just watch it with the subtitles.
1: So I watched the first two episodes uh, with the English because that's just the way it was presented to me, and I just didn't think to change it. Then yeah. somebody told me the same thing, and I definitely think it's it's better. I mean, subtitles, you know, it's not even that big of a deal, but it's definitely better. You get more of the emotional sense. Um, I, I okay. I'm, I'm not going to the Hall of Fame for my binge-watching, but I watched... I watched most of the episodes in a, in very quick, in very quick order. So, uh, yeah, I would say keep going. I mean, look, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a tough watch. There is, I won't spoil anything for anybody. It's a bit of, there's a lot going on here. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it was, it was a entertaining, uh, it was entertaining okay. and, 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 and gripping. I so, everyone's uh, talking about it. Everyone's talking like, about it. I feel like I need to just give it
2: another shot because I, I can't be that one person, you know? So I feel like, all right.
1: Yeah, I right. I I'm, I'm, I'll skip the question of asking you what Olivia Garvey is like in real life, but instead I'll
2: tell you because she's one of my best friends. I know, well,
1: I, you know, I didn't want to betray confidences, and you know, I'm sure people are, are curious. Anybody who follows either one of you on social media sees you guys uh, hang out. But like, no, no, it's okay. I, I, yeah. You, you guys, uh, you know, it's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll keep some mystery here. Maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get oh, okay. you. Maybe we'll get okay. you both on at some point. I haven't had her. I haven't had her on yet. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to do that. Hopefully, she doesn't get mad at me for going to you first. Um, but, <laughs> but, but this, but beyond the fact that we were both at the game and and uh, I wanted to have you on. By the way, I, I didn't even mention that uh, Charlotte and I bonded after the Atlanta game because we were both on the same Southwest flight. I had one of the early numbers and got a good seat on the aisle. Charlotte was one of the stragglers oh, yeah. that got stuck in the middle seat. But there was a middle seat next to me. She took pity on me, sat next to me. So some you know gross person wasn't there and then we like talked about uh the game and life for like two hours it was very enjoyable and i very much appreciate it was fantastic i
2: it, mean hey if i have to have a middle seat that's the one i would say again. you you had the good seat you were like row three on this uh,
1: i i didn't play i don't i don't play around on some of these things um and it also turns out because people here know i i'm a big into survivor that you went to college with uh survivor 11 survivor legend poverty yes. shallow with this is a whole so we have a lot we didn't even get into this next time we'll we'll, we'll 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 get into uh we'll get into that um but last thing I mentioned succession at the top you are literally uh-huh. in the show I forgot uh I I mean I knew that you were in the show and before so the the we're talking Sunday night. The season premiere just happened. Neither one of us have had a chance to watch it. It just happened right. and I went to rewatch the last two episodes of the of season 2 because it's been a minute since I watched the show and whatever. Uh-huh. And I'm watching it and like there's like there's like congressional hearings happening and things like that involving the family. They you know they they're, they're in some trouble and they they cut to a newscast and they're showing somebody and literally you're on my TV yeah. As the anchor, uh, excuse me, could you tell everybody what your name is, please?
2: Oh, yes. I am Delta Pike. That is, that is me.
1: That is an amazing That's name. That's
2: the name I was given. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I play, so I mean, for anyone who's watched Succession, it's um, about a, a family who owns a media company. Um, when it first came out, um, with season one, season two, the media company and, and news channel that they were trying to mimic a little bit with Fox news. Um, and so this, this big powerful rich family kind of runs this Fox news essentially organization. Um, but it, you know, the show goes into the family itself and all of that. Well, I am one of their Fox newsy anchors, but it's a, it's called ATN. Um, let's see, like, it's like a... Uh, actually, I don't know what ATN stands for, and you know when I was on set last, I asked one of the directors, and they didn't even know what ATN stood for. It's just like, ATN. I don't know. That's the news channel that they own. Um. But, yeah. So, kind of, like, kind of crazy.
1: That's wild. So, uh, I... So, I, 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 I so you are also, you just told me, uh, in Season 3, I absolutely don't want any spoilers, but that's amazing that you're in Season 3. I guess, could you explain to me, because... Uh, you know, I've told you, you're very good on television, but there's lots of people who are TV reporters who could do this hypothetical, I assume. How did you get in the show?
2: So it's kind of like a crazy, yeah, it's a crazy story. So um, really, I had done a few other shows. So I have also been in designated survivor. I've actually been in 10 episodes of that and the show Quantico, which is also on ABC and the show, Mr. Robot, which was on um, USA network. So that's kind of fun. And I kind of, I guess i that on my resume and then um, HBO was kind of looking for someone for their new show succession. And I literally just sent in like a quick, I did it on my cell phone when they asked, and it was kind of an audition, I guess, but it was really just a quick, like, thing, and they knew that I had done these other shows, and so it was within 24 hours, actually. I got a call, and they said, tomorrow, can you be in New York City? We're shooting for, this is season two, and um, I went to their set, and I did have a freak out. I didn't know what to expect. I was kind of like, all right, what's going on, you know? And when I arrived on set and had my own trailer with my name on it, that's when I kind of had a freak out moment. I'm not going to lie. I I don't freak out about a lot of things, but I was extremely excited. So I got to do a few episodes and then they called me back for season three, um, which as we know, like started tonight. So, you know, I think what it was, and they told me this on set. I mean, everyone there is a professional actor. I'm clearly not. Um, But they, for these parts, I think had tried out a few actors, but they felt like they just weren't delivering the lines. And I guess someone that just talks like this all the time or, or does this all the time, that's kind of what they were looking for. Um, and so, yeah. Um, and I met one of my like best friends um, doing this too. She was also, so I'm the blonde, right? Cause you have to have the blonde anchor and she was hired as the brunette anchor. So we actually met that morning and, um, and then they brought us both back from for um season three so that's been super fun over the last few years um that we both and she is a uh, an anchor at mlb network so um like she also was a you know professional newswoman if you will and um so they kind of brought us on to just kind of do our thing and yeah it, it was fun and just to be on set and it really is hollywood like it's crazy we have you know makeup people and hair people and lighting people and costume people and it was just it was such a fun experience um so i don't know if there's a, if there's a season 4 succession people you know delta I, pike's ready <laughs> well
1: I, I i all i can hope is that with your trailer and your and your and your new fancy life that you did full method acting and had everybody call you delta pike the whole time and you were just in character <laughs> The whole time, like like your Daniel Day Lewis or something. That 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 that's what I'm in my head. That's what I'm picturing at least. Oh my gosh! No.
2: <laughs> oh, it's been fun though. I definitely people I work with joke and call me Delta, and um, because it's such an interesting name. I don't
1: know. Amaz- amazing,
2: absolutely uh, unique. For
1: sure. All right. Well, everybody go. But I assume a lot of people are watching Succession. If you haven't gotten into it, I mean, go back and watch the beginning. You'll see Charlotte throughout the first two seasons. Catch up here. She's also in the credits, apparently. We think so. Very cool. Yeah, the
2: opening credits. I hear. So I haven't yeah. seen them. Um. So yeah, I have. I have not seen that yet. But apparently, I'm in the opening credits. And then, and I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna. We'll see, because you know how Hollywood is. I mean, you know, we could shoot a scene for a whole day, and then they could chop it all up. So you never know.
1: Right. Well, I hope you rub it in Darren Haynes' face that you are in succession, <laughs> and he is not. I, I'm also, I'm also rooting for, 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 for that. I mean, when you have these moments, you got to hold it over people. This is how, this is how. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. All right. Awesome. Awesome debut. Oh wait. We we got to go back. Twitter person who 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 doesn't follow I you didn't. that you wish did. My answer you know is what? Scott Van I'm, Pelt, for the record.
2: Oh, that's a really good one. Um, I'm gonna say Ron Rivera. I don't think he follows me.
1: On, oh, Ron! Wow. Vote Ron? <laughs> I mean, I know. This, this, I'll just
2: keep it
1: simple. Yeah, this one's workable. We can. I mean, we could literally. Yeah. Uh, all right, in the press conference, I may literally just say, "Hey, Ron. I know no. you don't. I know you don't want me to ask about the. I know you don't want me to ask about your defense. So instead, could you explain to me why you don't follow Charlotte on? Oh Twitter? my God,
2: I will die. No. <laughs> Oh, Lordy.
1: <laughs> all right, well, well, all right, well, we'll, 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 think about that. Maybe I'll come up with a different question. Um, Charlotte, I definitely appreciate the time. I know you're driving back. So that made it from a timing perspective work, but nonetheless, I really appreciate the fact that you had a few minutes, uh, again, go, go, of course, uh, watch every shes does on wusa nine, uh, at Charlotte McBride on Twitter. If you're a Twitter person, be nice. And, uh, and again, we'll, we'll, and I'll see you out at the park this week. And, uh, We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get you back here on the podcast
2: sounds like a plan it's been great thanks Ma- so much maybe
1: after succession's over we'll do a recap
2: oh yes see what delta is all about
1: <laughs> absolutely awesome <laughs> thanks so much all right many thanks to Charlotte mcbride for her time many thanks to everybody here for checking out the podcast uh we'll have a lot more coming up this week for sure uh Again, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers up on tech next. It is the definition of it does not get any easier for Washington um, for sure. I Look, they only scored 13 points against a Chiefs team that had given up more than that in every game going dating back to last season. So it's not just about the defense right now. The offense has got has got limited pieces. We'll see who's available to go next week. Maybe you get Brandon Scherf and Sam Cosme back, and that can help a little bit. Hopefully Antonio Gibson's okay. We will see. But, oh, and Curtis Samuel, you know, I'm not going to guess that one anymore. <laughs> um, all right. That's it for now. Ben Standing signing off. Until next time. See ya.